18th, 2023. You are listening to All Out Law. I'm your host, Attorney Kyle Wyatt of Wyatt Law & Associates and Freedom Traffic Law, located at 2847 South Inger Mill Road, Unit C-101. Springfield Mo open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, handling all of your family law and traffic law needs. And we are getting very close to April, and much like we uh, did last year, uh, the focus is going to be shifting uh, towards local politics and uh, very important uh, local school board issues. And uh, fortunately for us, we have two current uh, school board officials, Dr. M, Mary Mommy, and uh, Steve McCaskey. Good morning, everybody, you Good listeners morning. out there. Hey, before we get started, I would like to say uh, for you listeners, I am a member of the Springfield uh, Board of Education here, in, and uh, the opinions that I have are my own. I don't represent the Board of Education in the sense that I don't speak for them, but on my behalf, I will. Then most of the... Uh, the topic items is personal opinions of my own, and that would be information that we will talk about is public. Uh, and so I won't have anything confidential or anything to share. Ditto. Ditto. There you go. And we, and, but we, we can't start the show without, well, without noticing the, the 900-pound gorilla in the room. The Kansas City Chiefs are the Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Darren Chapel and I had a show last week, and uh, I, I had to mix in our our, our Chiefs predictions. Uh, you know, just uh, this is awesome. This is, is is you know, growing up loving the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, not sniffing wins or you know the big wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just a whole other world. Five AFC Championship games, two Super Bowls, and in, in, in four years, it's a it's a great feat. I love I love what Patrick Mahomes said. I think at uh, Kansas City Parade that they had, he started to say that look, everybody was talking about how we're rebuilding, mm-hmm. and he and he says if rebuilding is like this, winning the World <laughs> Championship, we're going to continue to rebuild. <laughs> No, it, it was it was a great thing. And did you notice that the schools in Kansas City closed for the parade? No, Didn't they did. Know that. Oh yeah, they closed. You know, it's different. I mean, that's a hometown sure, team. Sure, you know, it'd be harder for Springfield students uh, to go down there. But just saying, I know there's some did, people they, out they, there. They, they don't want these schools to close. <laughs> I know a, a couple of them. And I'm sure you know them too. Oh yeah. Oh, they're always always giving us a call and telling us what are you doing? Why are you closing your school? You know. And, it's not like it's the Board of Education's decision. It's, uh, you know, our employee, the superintendent, Grenita Latham, makes those decisions. And I'm sure she uh, she's done pretty well with that as far as I'm concerned. Well, Dr. M, you've been on the board for, what, two years now? This is my second year. Uh, Steve, you've, you've completed your first year. Yes, sir. Uh, what are uh, – let, let's, uh, let's start with some positives. What are some of the achievements you think you guys have done? What have been some improvements you, you've seen since taking office? Well, I'd like to say, uh, first and foremost, I think, which is very relevant, and even in the last meeting, uh, board meeting we had uh, last Tuesday, we talked about the Chromebooks. Uh, Chromebooks being uh, at certain grade levels, not being able to take Chromebooks home, uh, maybe trying to get classes or, or, or grade levels to be able to get pencil to paper, like from kindergarten to second grade, and uh, those type of things. And I think for me, uh, a lot of the responses that I have uh, received from the, the community was basically, yes, you know, they're like, we're we're learning to put pencil to paper instead of computers all the time, you know. And in the early ages, it's important 
as uh, I'm sure Mary Ann could elaborate on this because she's much more of an expertise on this being a doctor. I feel that uh, she has a little bit more information there than I do. But the, the point of the matter is, is when you're from kindergarten and you're trying to, to grow and learn your ABCs and your one, two, threes, you know, and trying to just get the, the basic metrics uh, on how to be able to read and be able to write and everything. And I don't know that computers is the way to go in that, that fashion. I think the way to do that is simple. Let's get the paper. Let's get the books. Let's put pencil to paper. And let's learn how to write. Let's how to maybe even cursive in that. Uh, and those type of things. But when you start moving up into your grade levels is when you start implementing that technology, uh, and then you have your Chromebooks in there or iPads and things of this nature. And I think it just it's fluid when you, as you move up. What about you, Dr. M? Yes, this is <clears throat> delivering on, on promises. We are going to be I'm so excited about the responsible balance of technology. And starting next fall... There will be science textbooks and social studies textbooks, geography, Amen. U.S. history, world history, psychology, you and the hands. On this. I campaigned on this, but this isn't me. Right. I didn't do this. Dr. Lathan is doing this, and this is a collaborative work. And you say that don't you? If you didn't she, win, and then Steve didn't win, and Kelly didn't win, do you think really? There be this push for 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 this movement yeah. towards textbooks. Oh, I, I can't predict that, that, but I I, <laughs> Dr. Lathan is very experienced, and she comes with her experiences. The superintendent is very busy. It's a big job, right? She doesn't have time to go out there and listen to all the parents, right? It's just impossible. Right. That's our job. That's what we do. We're the, go in between the district, and the community, and that's what we do, and that's what has happened. But I want to speak to this happened because of the board and Dr. Lathan working together. And that's really important. What you, this is about local control and how powerful it is when people go to the ballot box because your federal and your state board of ed, they're not elected officials. They are appointed. So the way that you can, the community has any say is through the local board. And, you know, we've got to give credit where it's due. This would not have happened with Dr. Jungman. This is happening because of Dr. Lathan, right? Right. But why did Jungman leave? The man was getting bonus left and right. I think if mm -hmm. you stay until this year, you get another 100K, another 50K here, there. I mean, they just loved him. But, again, we've got to give credit where it's due. Dr. Charles Taylor voted no on his contract, along with another board member. And that was the first no he received. And that following year, he decided it was time to leave and retire. So Dr. Taylor had a hand in that. And so it mattered. And so, yes, so to answer your question, this is Dr. Lathan's vision. But it does matter who's on the board and who's in there willing, as we said on KWTO a couple days ago. Sorry, it's not allowed fun. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, this is, I don't do this. Right. I'm, I'm not an expert in this. But when you have board members who are willing to come to the table and hash it out and collaborate with the superintendent and bring various voices, outsiders. We need outsiders who haven't been in the system so long, like Grandma's smelly couch, mm -hmm. who can't smell it, can't see it. This is the result. We are very happy with, with the changes, and there's much more to come. All right, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get back after. 
All right, welcome back. You are listening to All Outlaw. We have two uh, current school board, Springfield School Board members with us today, Dr. M and Steve Mikowski. And we have a uh, very own Corbin on the line. Corbin, how you doing? Oh, uh, moving the nightmare, Joe Biden's still president. So, yeah, you know, I mean, the whole, what else can you say? God bless you, all Corbin. Right. <laughs> oh, so, all right. All right, I'm going to wake you two people over the coal, so are you ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, not yet. Not yet. Hang on here. We'll, we'll get, well, let's get the fire stoked, okay? Um, I am a voucher person. I believe that the money that goes to the public school system right now should be, should go into some sort of account or something like that, and it should call those students not just automatically go to the school system because, I mean, let's be real. Uh, whether you guys do a great job or you suck at the end of the day, you're going to get the same amount of money. And, you know, to me, that's just wrong. And, you know, let, let, let's, let's be real. And, and you guys are honest opinion. Now, I know you have not been on the board very long or anything else like that, but if, let's say we had the voucher system, how much do you think the Springfield Public School System is going to get? In all honesty. All right. Marianne? What, what kind of effect do you think it would have? First of all, I can go on and on about this subject. But we don't want you to go on and on. I won't. <laughs> but where do you think, when people get their vouchers, sir, where do you think they're going to take them? I, th- I think they're going to take them, and they're going to use them next best for their, uh, you know, for their own child. Let, let's be real. But where? You're sitting where? right across. You're, you're sit- well, no, 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 hang on here. You're sitting right there across from somebody who sent his kids private school and he also paid for Springfield Public Schools. I do why, as you know, well. Kyle has the means to do that, but why Why do you think? You know, I, I mean, I guarantee it, Kyle doesn't feel really good about that. Well, let me he would have probably loved to have that money. Let me explain to you how it works. I couldn't send my kids to New Covenant because my kids aren't of that particular religious orientation, let's say. So not everybody can go everywhere. So you're talking charter schools. Is that what you're talking about? Whether it be charter schools, whether it be uh, religious schools, or, or, or whatever. And, right. and, so, and I'm, I, maybe so, I'm wrong, but, but what you I, don't, I don't think New, Co- New Covenant is not going to discriminate against somebody. Well, let me explain that's you what you're basically this, saying. Let me tell you how these vouchers are working. If you go and look, the laws were promulgated. So now they come with strings attached. There is no free money. So, yes, everybody was excited two years ago when we passed the ESA and the voucher bills. But have you gone and seen what's happened to them? You're talking charter schools who fought to bring Common Core, who are more woke than any public school. That's your charter schools in Missouri. So because in these laws came that all these schools that take your money, your voucher money, have to fall under the State Board of Education. So everything the public school does, in order for you to receive that money, that private institution has to as well. So New Covenant, I suspect, will not take that money. But if you take that money, you are no different than public schools. So that's one. So these vouchers aren't what you think it is. This isn't, this, this choice is this carrot they're dangling in front of everyone. So yes, in theory, it's very attractive. Oh, sure, let's do that. But the problem is, there aren't enough vouchers, even if, it, even if in theory it was working. You've got 24,000 students. So we've got the largest homeschooled population in Missouri out of any other state. 
And if they can't even get the money because it comes with strings attached to the homeschoolers. So now this perfect harmonious balance is being lost because of bureaucracy, because it's not choice. And then what are you going to do with the kids whose parents aren't going to get involved, aren't going to get the vouchers? You're just going to abandon the masses. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. My kids and Kyle's kids are not going to grow up and live on an island by themselves. They're going to be part of this community. They're going to have to marry people who went to public schools. They're going to have to work with people who went to public schools. We can't have a community where 20% over here and the other 80%. Well, yeah, we will because the 20% is going to work to pay for the 80% to be on the government rolls. We can't have that. We have to be advocates for public education. And right now we are delivering it through public schools. We can't just abandon this ship. For what? You don't know what you're getting. Because let me tell you, it's not good. It's not looking good because there's always dollars involved. And when there's dollars involved, it never works out. So what we need to do is fix public schools. It's for everyone. You're paying money towards it. So don't just give up. Let's band together and fix it. You, uh, in there, you uh, talked about during the break how you got surprised, which I find amazing. You, you got surprised. When uh, you saw some of our middle schools here in Springfield. Oh, my Lord. Let me That tell would you. rival a, a private school and what they offer. I've had an opportunity to visit several schools. Just this week, I went to four schools. And I was so impressed. We, yes, I walked into some schools where I thought, this feels just like a private school. And I got to say, those are the schools that have more parent engagement. So that's, but even in the schools that don't have as much parent engagement, I didn't see as much of a difference. Sure, we don't do everything great, but we do some things really, really well. Here's an example. And I was surprised. I didn't know this. Uh, Steve, did you know that in our middle schools, we offer a course called Outdoor Awareness? And they teach how to hunt. Um, they teach rifle skills, shooting guns. I mean, the outdoor skills. And it's a very popular class. Lots of kids take it. I mean, right. And that's how it should be because this is Missouri, right? This isn't, we're not in, this is Springfield. We're not Boston, right? It's not New York. That class would not be appropriate for somebody who lives in New York. Uh, they need different classes, right? How to ride the subway and how to sure. figure life out in the big city. So I've not heard of a class like that in a private school. Do they still have, uh, Steve, like, uh, you know, when we were growing up, uh, a shop. You know, whether it's wood oh. or leather or... You, oh, my gosh. In the high schools... Like Hillcrest they, High School? Yeah, they it's have that phenomenal. and much, much more. Oh, yeah. Wow. Metalworking. I mean, and we have connections with OTC. So if a student advances mm. and has taken every course there is to be had, they can move on during the high school hours and pop right over to OTC. That's good. You know, Dustin yeah. Atwood does a show after ours. Uh, he runs uh, A1 Custom Car Care. That's uh -huh. right. And, and you know, talking about, you know, mechanics, and, and, and you're finding ASC these, certified yeah. mechanics these, these and stuff, jobs yeah. out there that are they're finding a hard time finding people because they're just there's not the training out there anymore. But that's positive that schools are not just trying to, to prepare students for college because college isn't for everybody. No. no and, 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 and the value of a college degree, Steve, Probably not worth as much as it used and to be. Most people that. don't go to college. You know the numbers. Most people don't go to college. Let, right. Let's give you an example of what Hill, Hillcrest does. For uh, what, what we have is we have these different types of trades and skills uh, training in Hillcrest High School. As an example, if uh, you wanted to get out into the environmental safety and health world, uh, which is kind of my background. That's what I've done for so many years. Um, they actually can become what we call OSHA certified for a 10-hour and 30-hour 
industry standard and that is phenomenal because when you go out to these construction sites every day you have to have a 10-hour or 30-hour certification and those people that are on that job site have a certain amount of level of education in that and this certification so you can actually get right out of hillcrest high school having that certification already and this is what actually hillcrest does offer and to get back and to Maryam's like point, professionals and educate. There's other certifications they offer. Oh yeah, not, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the medical world, etc. Et now, uh, Roberson, for an example, when I went out on the community task force, I had the opportunity to visit different schools. Roberson, for example, when you talked about how it is that they're fit, you know, there's classes for fishing and hunting and these type of things. Roberson, if you go look at their academic uh, achievement in that school. They're above grade. I mean, they've done outstanding. And one of the reasons for that is because they have these resources where these kids can and go do things outdoors and that. And I thought that was phenomenal. That school is 115 years old. It was been, once it was built, it had two additional extensions onto that school. And it's so old and it looks like a maze as you go through this school system, but they're actually performing academically well above many of the other schools within the system. And I think it has to be with actually mingling with outside of the school itself in some of those activities like fishing and hunting and things like that. They'll take them camping. It's really phenomenal. All right, we're here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about maybe some of the struggles you guys have noticed and uh, some issues that are facing our board here now. You are listening to All Outlaw. <coughs> Kyle, lead us. Campaigning. All right, welcome back. You are listening to All Out Law and talking about school board, school education, uh, what uh, what you need to know. I mean, we got an election coming up in uh, a little over a month and a half, and we got to be more awake. And I'm speaking for myself of uh, you know who's running, what's the issues, uh, who are they running against. Uh, and, uh, and look, I mean, I think a lot of us just felt, Hey, the, the race is won. You know, we got Dr. M that was a big win. Uh, that was a huge win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of, we had the sweep, you know, with, with Steve and, and, and Kelly Byrne, uh, last year. And so we were all feeling pretty good, but there's, there's a lot more work left. What, yeah. what, what's the issues you're seeing? You know, unfortunately, uh, before you get to the issues, unfortunately, you know, you, you think you had some really good wins, but this is what it takes is to continue to drive. And if you start slowing down and if you stop, then you're going to kind of revert and go back to, to where we did not want to be. And so I think that this uh, campaign moving forward is very important. And how I would summarize it is this. We have had so many people within the school system that we've had such an academic decline over the years and we talked about that previously on your show and that and my question is is how are we going to move that needle back in the other direction and how we do that is taking a real serious look at these four candidates and who will be a good fit in order to keep us moving in the right direction because i do believe we have the right leadership right there uh, within our system with uh, Dr. Granita Lathan, and I think we are moving in the right direction, and we will begin to see improvements, and we already have seen some of those yeah. improvements. There's, we have moved the needle. Um, I'm very excited to see when the embargo scores from last year. It's like an autopsy. I get it. We're not. 
it's going to be almost the beginning of next year when we see how our kids did, but uh, how our students did. But I th- believe that you that the community will see that this needle is going to start moving. The problem is we've got to keep at it. The biggest issue we have right now, and this became a, apparent during a strategic plan process, although we had been hearing about this, but it was became very apparent with all the surveys that went out that our number one challenge is discipline within the classroom. Mm. That is a huge bear, and we've, we have got to take care of that, and it is on the superintendent's radar. Um, there are plans in progress, but here's what it takes when it comes to the board to be able to support the superintendent and govern appropriately. We want to be where we were 20 years ago. Did you know that Springfield Public Schools was a top district in the state? Did you know that? Compared no. For our free and reduced lunch rate, we were still a poor community overall. And people would come down here and say, wow, what are you guys doing? You're big, because you know, usually big means more bureaucracy, right? right? There's a little bit, you know, some issues when you get really, really big. But how are you guys so much better? We got to get back to that. And it is very possible with the right person at the helm and with the right support system, i.e. the board. When you look at the composition of the board, how was it and how was it today, right? What's the difference? Sure. And I see, and this is, you know, I just want to be careful when I say this. We don't really have teachers that just stop teaching and come onto the board. We usually have people who've gone on into administration or in higher ed. So we have, quote unquote, educators, but not in the trenches, educators. And what happens is when you've been in the system for 25, 30, 35 years, you're not able to see the forest for the trees, right? It becomes, you become part of the system and you slowly accept things for the way they are because it's been a slow march in that direction. And what I think we're seeing, not just in Springfield, but in other districts, is more outsiders coming in. And one of the nice things about an outsider is they're just more able to just first, right, you got to identify the problem. Why aren't we where we were 20 years ago? What are the issues? And I think we're a little bit better at identifying them when you're not in the system and when you're willing to hold people accountable. And parents right now are very, they're stepping up. So if you want to talk election, I think we need more parents who have kids in the system. So when I got on the board, I was, at that time, for the year that I was on, I was the only person who had a student in the public schools. In fact, I don't think half the board doesn't have children. And I think it really helps you understand. At all? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I believe so. Several, yeah. And also, when your kids are in college or they're married and grown (laughs) up, not saying anything, but Steve... You're a little bit disconnected because education is very different than it was 20 years ago. We didn't You're have me under the bus. We didn't. I'm not throwing you under the bus. But we didn't have Chromebooks. We didn't have technology the way. Just telling you you're past your prime. Like people, people didn't have kids. You didn't have elementary kids with cell phones. It's such a foreign concept. And so I think that when you get people that are younger who have kids who are seeing what is ailing the system, it's really helpful because everyone talks the talk of, well, we want educators who are experts. We actually don't need experts on the board. You need people who have their fingers on the heartbeat of the community. I'm disappointed that we don't have somebody who doesn't have a college degree. 
Why don't we have a house mom, housewife? Why don't we have a blue collar worker? Why don't we have a factory worker? Why don't we have a, a mechanic who has a two year degree? Why don't we have a chef? Mm-hmm. Because this is what our community is made up of. We're not all doctors and lawyers. And we're supposed to look engineers. like our community, is that right? Well, we're supposed to look like, you know, we, they're not all professors. So do the teachers and, and parents agree on the discipline <laughs> issue? I mean, are the teachers speaking out to you guys? You said you get a dis- strategic, yes. you know, planning. They are in board saying, hey, look, we need help. With discipline. Because I've heard from other teachers who say, look, the way the rules are set up, if I have a disruptive student in my classroom, I basically, I have to basically move the, the, the kids out of that environment, and, and that's affecting their education as opposed to dealing with the troublemaker. Now, you know, I, I did go publicly here uh, most recently about how it is. I, this is my vision. When I sit on the board, I, I look at it this way. We have four walls, and, and you just have to envision your this box f- with four walls. Inside that four walls is Springfield Public Schools. And the Board of Education's responsibility and duty is to ensure that the superintendent is leading the charge to ensure that we have academic performance for every student within that school system. And when you start bringing things inside of that wall is what I look at. I look at, like, we have social, emotional issues. We have mental health problems. We have cell phone problems and these type of things. So uh, the way I actually target some of these things is, if it's interfering, if, if it's displacing the ABCs, one, two, threes, that's within this box, then I got to figure out how I can get rid of it or move it out so we can actually focus on academic performance, academic excellence. Anything interfering with that, I want it removed. And so if you start bringing it into my four walls, you know that's where I'm going. And we have educational experts that are leading the district. The board doesn't have to be educational experts. That's not the role. That's not the traditional role. We don't get into the weeds. We don't tell the superintendent what to do. We bring information to her and take information back to the community. So, and that is more effectively done by people in the trenches. And by people, I mean parents. What are they asking you to do in regards to technology, like cell phones? What's, who's there? Parents, teachers. Well, uh, let's go back to the survey. Uh, You know, we had literally thousands of input uh, when we were trying to build the strategic plan and that's part of the process and and you had teachers you had uh, people that didn't have kids in the school system and we had parents uh, we had professionals and they all provided their input and as uh, Dr. Maryam Muhammad Khani said earlier is you know you're looking at what 90 percent of even more than 90% of the input, the number one focus was we have discipline problems and cell phones was a major distraction when it came to that survey. And our building leaders have recognized that. So, and something that's great about Dr. Lathan's leadership is she believes in empowering building leaders, so principals. So all four schools I visited had no cell phone policies this week. Really? Yeah, well, they can have it at lunchtime. Sure. Or in the passing period. Because not in the classroom. Not in the classroom. Now, some enforce it and some can't because they have such higher discipline code violations, right? When you're dealing with mm-hmm. when you're dealing with issues that are much bigger than a cell phone, do you really have time to deal with cell phones? Yeah. Right? Depends, you know. But some and it all depends on the school. But all they recognize it and that's the policy they had. So I don't know how many schools I know of several others that have no cell phones. So this is, the educators have recognized this. 
Now, where we want to go with that, and I think that this is a good year because we get to look at the data and see if it makes a difference, right? Is there a difference between schools where there is that policy and those that don't? And this is something that the superintendent's going to look at. I'm sure this is going to be something that she will review and come back to us with a recommendation. Yeah, but I, I would say to the public, the listeners right now, these are the candidates that you need to be looking at to see if they're going to help tackle these issues. And so, you know, you can you can go back and hide in under your Facebook page and things of this nature, but we need these four candidates out in the public. We need these four candidates speaking to people, getting that, that one-on-one so you can learn how it is and what it is and why it is that I need to vote for you and how it is that you're going to be assimilated into a board of education to be able to begin to, to continue to move that needle in the right direction. Okay. Yeah, be, oh, let me just give me 20 sure. seconds. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a kid in the system. You are paying taxes. It doesn't matter if your kids are grown up and out of the house. You are paying taxes. These are your tax dollars. And the future of your community is going to be a reflection of your public schools. So if you don't like what you see, if you think that there's too much crime or too much poverty or too many things and you want Springfield to be the way it used to be, you you liked it better before you need to get involved in the public education sector and you need to go and vote amen hey when we come back let's talk about those four candidates this election coming up in our last segment and uh, what should the voters really be looking at uh here in the next few weeks you are listening to aol it's nice when you Welcome back. And we have a caller on the line. It's either Bob or Rob or Ron. They didn't know. So why don't you say it? Who, who do we got? Bob. Bob. Well, that was, boy, that was a hard name. Hello, yeah. Bob. Yeah, it's just two letters, basically. If you can get that, you've got it made. <laughs> How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing fine. Um, I had... Uh, I had Excuse me. I've had kids in the Springfield Public School System. They've grown up and graduated. I'm now concerned about my grandchildren and our friends' grandchildren. Is there one school in the system that, that we've you've, you found out in your researching and stuff that maybe has the best overall record of just about everything? I mean, not, they're not perfect, but if there is one that has learned how to control cell phones and has a pretty good handle on discipline to keep order in the classroom, which helps learning to go much faster and better. Is there one school that's, that is that way? I'm asking. Good well, question. Bob, I would say this. Uh, we have 52 schools within our district and uh, 24,500 kids. And, and the real question is, is uh, to answer your question in this way, uh, each one of the schools are evolving. And because of the fact that Mary Ann Muhammad Khani uh, myself and Kelly Byrne has come to the school board. What I have, uh, I feel that is a reflection upon that elect- those last two elections is that many of the schools are beginning to perform rather well. It depends on the leadership and how the leadership actually runs the school system. So for me to sit and tell you that I know today that this school has the best scores, academic performance, or the achievements, I, I just can't quite be frank about that because I don't have all of those schools in my mind like that. And so I think the thing to to remember is, is look at the performance of the schools in a manner of 
how are the schools actually getting involved with the community? How are the schools, the students and that, getting involved with sports activities and things of this nature that actually translates into, I want to stay in school. I want to get, I want to get my grades up. That way I can play football or I can play basketball and that. And, what, and I hate to segue into this because uh, a lot of people would be against this, and that is when you look at the uh, Proposition S, the bond coming up, we have several schools that don't even have gymnasiums that we can actually have a basketball uh, competition or a tournament in that because they're not the proper size. There, you have schools that don't even have uh, a football field, and this Proposition S is going to bring forward and improve on that that process and what that does to me or translates into me is we're going to have more kids that want to stay in school more kids that don't want to have these disciplinary issues that's going to be more schools that will improve on academic performance overall for the simple fact we're going to keep these kids so busy that they're going to want to be in school rather than try to get out of the school system all right well, good question. well what i bob right correct yeah. bob Every year, the school comes out with what we call an APR. It's an annual review. And in there, there is a breakdown of every school and their performance. So I, um, and that should soon become available. And they release all the Missouri assessment uh, plan, program testing. So, and ACT scores and attendance and all these rates. And you can go and look at it. It has demographics on it. It has as much information I believe that you would need. And then I recommend that you visit the schools that are within your vicinity because we do have a policy that allows for you to actually go to a school that's not within your attendance range if that school has an opening. We have a variety of choice programs which are fantastic, but unfortunately that deadline has passed. But I, I invite you, and we can certainly talk off air, I invite you to find out what are the schools your kids are in, your grandchildren are in, and if you're happy, and if you're not, you can go online and look at this report that will soon come out. It'll be beginning of March. And then you can encourage your, your children, so your grandchildren's parents, to go and visit the schools and have these conversations. And, and, and I'd like to add to that. And I think uh, if I can recommend going to sps.org. And you'll be able to find a lot of the different information with regards yes. to each school. And even just as much as a resource as anything else is the Show Me Institute. If you go online and find the Show Me Institute, you'll see uh, schools, districts compared to one another, how they, they rate within the state. And then you'll see each school within the district and how they're performing with their English language arts, their math, their science. Uh, and then you can actually see an instant... A picture on this school or that school I think I need my kids to go to that school so because of they're showing the results and that's utilizing the show me Institute information or that data and so that's another resource to and go we, to and we have schools that have different learning models so Cowden has a different learning model than some of the other elementary schools so if you have a student if you're you have a grandchild who likes to get up and move around a little bit more and be out of their seat and that's just the way they flow, that that may be a better fit for you. We have, we just have a variety. So, and what may be great for one grandchild of yours may not be great for grandchild number two. So you've got to go out there and visit and talk and see what each school is doing. Let's say it's elementary and see what's the best fit. Well, uh, let me just say this, Bob, I think that was an excellent question for you. 
uh, and I hope that we gave you some resources resources to go to. But even more so right now, Bob, I think, uh, and the community that's listeners listening right now is we have an election coming up. We have four candidates. One is uh, Landon McCarter. Yeah, I'm looking at the sample ballot right now, and uh, do you remember where you were on, in the, on the list? Number two. You were number two? I was number two Dr. on Graham, the ballot. I was last. I was number seven. All right, so there's hope. So <laughs> it, it, the order that, that's in front of us now, we just went to the Greene County uh, Clerk's Office. Yes. Uh, Landon McCarter is number one. Uh, Sharita Thomas-Tate, Judy Bruner, and then Chad Rawlins uh, is the fourth. And so in this election, you get to vote for two. Uh, and so of these, uh, Miriam, you were a... Uh, uh, a, a big uh, proponent for a couple candidates last year. Uh, have you reviewed these candidates for this year? And I mean, have you, as a as a parent, as a mom, uh, as a voter, I mean, do you have uh, any favorites in this list? Well, I have the same favorites I have every year, which is we need new direction. So I'm not in. You know, we shut down our schools. We masked our kids when mm, it wasn't yep. necessary, and we. We need people who are willing to make bold moves. How close do you think it was before they uh, they were going to require a vaccine for students? How close do you think that was? I don't know. That never came to the to the I, table. I, don't know. I, thought, I thought we were pretty close. I mean, you look at the city on how they were uh, shutting down the city, basically, you know, and, and they wanted people to get shots and things of this nature. Then you had Greene County that was just kind of riding over everybody else, but they didn't really take a position. Uh, well, I guess they did. They they took a position that we're not going to shut down business and everything, and that and that depends on whether you're inside the metropolitan area or whether you're outside of the, right. of the county and stuff. So to answer your question, what we need are so supporting the superintendent does not mean you're a yes person. Right. Supporting the superintendent means holding the superintendent accountable. Collaborating comes with accountability. So you got to do your job and you have to govern. And I. Let's put it this way. The problem with educators is that they've spent 20, 25, 30 years having the superintendent be their boss. That's just their mindset. So it's hard to bring retired educators and ask them to be the boss of the superintendent. It just doesn't sit well with them. So anyways, back to I think we need people who are from the outside educational system because we have the educational experts. And I think two of the people on that ballot, the first and last, Mr. McCarter and Mr. Rollins, are both parents. One, I believe, has three students in the public schools, and one, I have had an opportunity to speak with Mr. Rollins. He has seven children. And so he spans, I don't know, probably at least 10 years, maybe longer, 15 years. And he observed what I observed, which is there is a different experience that my oldest child had and what my youngest child is having, and that I'm not happy with this. And like I said, the recognition of that is the most important thing, to come to the table recognizing that we can be great and we can do this. And so, and part of that means that you're not just going to go along, get along. We can't have go along, get along anymore. The rubber stamp? The rubber stamp. So... What about you, Steve? You, what about you, uh, you, Steve? Well, I, I would agree with that. You know, I think uh, what's happened with our Board of Education over the last couple of years is just, we just didn't have the rubber stamp. And, and a lot of people push back on that. We Just to this day, they're pushing back on it. And we need to be able to have a Board of Education that's able to ask the questions. Many people think that 
why are you asking so many questions, you know? So they put you on the spot. And, and the real question is, is why aren't you asking any questions? Right. That's the question, you know? And if you're not asking questions, you're just go along and to get along you get, that. You got pummeled last year for asking questions, Steve. <laughs> I know, and, and we do every time. I mean, <laughs> oh, we had a board of education meeting. We didn't get out till midnight and everything. And, and so we made the dedication. We, we wanted to be in that session where we are actually asking the questions, getting the information if we don't have the information then we're going to have people that's going to bring that to us so we can really really make good decisions it's just like being a businessman i think we have a couple people out there in the business world that be able they're able to ask the questions why are we not making a profit well if we're not making a profit what are we going to do about it give me some ideas let's talk about how it is that we're going to change that so we can become profitable and in this case we have 24,500 kids 3,500 educators and administrators and that that we have to look after and ensure that they are being profitable and when i say they are being profitable the educators want to teach the administrators want to be there every day and those students are going to be productive members of the society because they are getting the academic skill set that we are providing in Springfield Public Schools. All right. Well, I appreciate both coming. You guys, we're going to remember the names, Landon McCarter and Chad Rollins, and we'll reach out to them and see if they want to come on the show and tell the people a little bit about themselves. Thank you for having us on. I appreciate you guys coming on, everybody. Hey, guys, enjoy the weekend. It's going to warm up just a little bit. So when you get out there, be safe. As always, stay tuned.